We'd like to thank Noda by M&T Bank for their generous support of this podcast. To learn more, visit TrustNoda.com. Terms and conditions may apply. Hello, and welcome to another edition of On the Road with Legal Talk Network. I'm not actually on the road. I'm sitting in my office at home, as everyone is these days. But I'm Jared Correa, and I'm the host for this particular episode, which is being recorded not live at, but during the ABA Tech Show 2021 pandemic version. Joining me now, I have Aaron Gerstenzang, whose name I will probably butcher about 10 times during this podcast. Aaron, let me apologize in advance. How are you doing today? Welcome to the show. I am great. Thank you for having me. You are more than welcome to just refer to me as Aaron. <laughs> we can make oh, it that easy. would be really helpful. Thank you. You're too kind. Um, before we get started, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, like beyond the pronunciation of your last name? Where do you work? What do you do? Sure. Yeah. I'm a practicing attorney in Atlanta, Georgia. I practice criminal defense with a focus on DUI defense. I love all things legal tech. Um, and so I've sort of found my way into this world. In addition to, you know, the criminal defense world, I have found my way to this awesome legal tech community and love to be here at places like ABA Tech Show to have awesome conversations about what lawyers can be doing to improve their practices and deliver better legal services. That was pretty good. Sounds like you practiced that. And thank you for joining us today. Oh, very, (laughs) right off the cuff. Very impressive. It's kind of weird. This is like the first legal tech show that is taking place like totally in the cloud. I feel like this was meant to happen. And here we are. I mean, I feel like you didn't go to Clio. (laughs) I don't want to get anybody in trouble with any sponsors, but I was at Clio here and there. Was I I super attentive? Maybe not. Don't tell Jack. (laughs) But before I say anything else that's going to allow me to put my foot in my mouth, let's talk about your presentation at ABA Tech Show. Sure. Because you are fresh off of, I don't know, maybe like, what, 10, 15 minutes ago, an hour ago, discovering new practice areas that can scale. And during a pandemic, I'm sure everybody's looking for new practice areas that can scale. So like, let's talk a little bit about the session. Like, what did you cover, generally speaking, in the session? What was the goal of the session? So what was so fun about this year's tech show is um, we had a track called Disruptive Innovation. Um, Mm -hmm. And so the first speaker, so my presentation was sort of the second of three. Um, And the first one was by Stanley Tate, who's this exceptional lawyer who's really um, sort of walking the walk and has created a law practice and a law firm that really has designed to meet the life he wants to live while discovering a completely untapped market, a practice and niche area that really didn't exist in the way that it does now. And he gets Mm. 24,000 hits to his website every single month. Is that all? Is that all? Right. No, and that's a lot. Like that that is a yes, lot. Yes, it is um, a lot. I can confirm it's a lot. <laughs> and and so, you know, he really tapped it. What I think that shows is he tapped into a need, a pain point that people had. They had a legal problem around student debt. And he used his expertise to sort of open that up. And you know, you tell the universe what it is you want to do. And if you're speaking to people who need help, they will find you. 
Yes. It's a little bit of an yeah. oversimplification because, of course, he has a beautiful website and people, he's done a lot to be visible, but, you know, people clamor for the services he's offering. And I think that he's such a great model when we think about what the future of law could be and should be. Yeah, I think like niching deep is a good idea, especially if you can ride with a practice area like student loan law, for example, which is always in the news. So I, I, I jumped the gun a little bit. Your practice is one of your uh, program was one of three. You said right. Yeah. So when you when you're doing new practice areas that can scale, you're covering the work. So like the substantive work. I'm covering what does it look like. So we got to hear from Stanley all about the technology he used, his story, how he built his practice, um, right. and it's so inspirational. And my talk really focused on okay, everybody, we all we all want what Stanley has. How do we take our own? Uh, expertise about the corner of the world that we occupy and how do we start exploring and looking for these opportunities to deliver these services. So we looked at it through four different lenses that people can um, be using to see the world slightly differently, to, to break out of this mold of this is how it's always been done. This is what the practice of law has always looked like. So therefore it must be inertia demands that we continue it into the future. So this sort of, I think what's so nice about the three programs today is we really re reflect on this period being such a strange period. And what Ed Walters said at the end of his presentation, he's like, look, this is not, we're not waiting to get back to normal. And there is no new normal. This is an opportunity for us to really reshape how we think about delivering legal services. And if we don't, <laughs> Others will. So um, it was both inspirational, but also, you know, I think it's I think it's a warning to people who are expecting that things will somehow resume some sense of normalcy and the world has shifted under our feet. And so all of these, you know, people who've been preaching technology and innovation, you know, and really sort of has fallen on deaf ears in the legal community, I think, you know. I think what's exciting is right now, there is still a lot of opportunity. There's a lot of low hanging fruit, but for attorneys who don't want to innovate and evolve, it's going to be a scary place very soon. Right, right. Yeah. And for those of us who were talking about legal tech for years and years, <clears throat> we were right. In any event, that sounds really interesting. So what was the third uh, panel on in that grouping. So we did tech, we did the work, and what was the third? We session? did the work, and then we had uh, we had Jack Newton from Clio and Ed Walters from Fastcase come and talk about the trends and talk about you know sort of from this big picture. Yeah, they, they did a dual presentation this year. Is that they right? did? They yes. did. And so, you know, and they're so smart and they brought such great insights from the Clio Trends Report. But what was so fun about all three presentations is we went from sort of super granular with Stanley to, hey, how do lawyers, other lawyers and other practice areas take these lessons and go back to our own practice and see how we can apply them. And then what Ed and Jack talked about is here's what's happening in the legal industry from, you know, sort of a higher level perspective. And so it was really just all reinforcing each other's presentations. Um, I'd love to say that it was completely choreographed. It, it wasn't as completely let's, choreographed. Let's just tell everyone it was completely choreographed. Okay, Nobody's okay, going to know. Okay. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. Sorry. Everybody's going to know now. All right. In any event, um, I like how those two work together, those two presentations about what's going on in the legal industry tech-wise and then what lawyers can do in their practice. Like, you have to feel, I'm sure, as as most people in this space do, that 
to be able to run the most efficient niche practice, you got to have an idea about the technology that's out there, but not only that, about the trends that exist. Don't you think that those two things work together for lawyers? I think that in an academic setting, that that would be true. And I would love to say that it's trends that drive legal lawyers' decisions about what to do in their practice. But I think that the the biggest force that we've seen how lawyers are making decisions and probably always have is by necessity. You know, you made that comment about like, oh, we've been preaching about this in legal tech for, you know, decades. And that's so true. But no it one took, cares. No. <laughs> but it's so true. But it took a pandemic for lawyers right. to get religion about technology. You know, like that's <laughs> it didn't matter how many stages, how many smart people like Jack and Ed stood on stage and said this. You know, we needed necessity. But what's so beautiful about the moment now is it, it is necessary. Lawyers get that urgency. We are in that moment of feeling the ground shift. And so that, I think, is why it's so powerful to hear people like Jack and Ed, because now if you're ready to receive it and you're already on the path uh, to adopting, even if it's like you're just getting a Calendly link going um, or mm-hmm. you're, you know, using uh, programs like Video Ask, yep. regardless of where you are. Um, That inspirational message, I think, was really powerful for a lot of us, you know, who have self-selected to be in that room. Yeah, no, it's really interesting. So in your opinion, um, I agree there's a lot of room to innovate here, but the pandemic is going to end at some point. People are going to start to gather again. And I wonder whether lawyers are going to keep innovating, feel the pressure to innovate, or whether you think they'll backslide and wait for like an asteroid to hit the earth or something like that to get them to move again. Do you think attorneys will keep innovating? Well, I'm going to say something really smart that I got from Ed and Jack. So let me not, (laughs) I just got to see their talk as well. Um, And I think what Ed talked about was the third horizon. And he has this great graphic where he compares Blockbuster to Netflix. And, you know, we all know Blockbuster, like the the graph is going down, right? Blockbuster just missed the boat. And Netflix. The you know, graph is no longer visible <laughs> at all for Blockbuster, right? Didn't the last right. Blockbuster not close even on like the graph, a couple But, you know, ago? this yeah. was over a period of time. So you got to see right. the slow decline on the graph of Blockbuster. <laughs> and you got to see the upward trend of Netflix. And that the upward trend of Netflix was the second horizon. And that was when Netflix was mailing you DVDs, right? And they had eliminated a pain point. Now Netflix could right, right. Um, Netflix could have stopped there. And this was Jack's point. And I think this is where the legal industry is. You could mm-hmm. have stopped there and said, well, we beat Blockbuster. We're good. We're just gonna hold here. Um, but the third horizon tracks Netflix complete pivot from being essentially a blockbuster that mails you DVDs to being an online video platform um, and producing content. So they completely went through an identity crisis in this third horizon. And Jack's point was, or uh, Ed's point was, look, you know, if they had stopped at that second horizon, that's sort of where we are in the legal community. And to to answer your question of like, well, you know, are lawyers just going to say we've innovated enough? And so that, I think, is what I took as inspirational, is focusing on that third horizon. This is not, we have accelerated the adoption of technology, but this is just the beginning. And lawyers who want to sit at that second horizon, well, you can keep mailing your clients DVDs all you want. The rest of the world is going to be moving to this online platform. So to the extent you can bring that thinking and, you know, and even 
rethinking what legal services are and how can you use your expertise to deliver that kind of help. That's sort of what is we're peering at in the distance on that third horizon. Right. That's really interesting. Okay. I think that's great. And maybe Jack and Ed is like the next uh, show coming out on Amazon. I feel like I would watch that. That'd be a good like series. Well, they did. They got some of the comments in the chat was like, this is like watching now. I can't think of it. The, um, the brain, uh, Hidden Brain. They're like, this is like an episode of Hidden Brain. And it really was. It was so good listening to so many smart ideas and predictions. It's coming. The Netflix show. Wait for it. I'm calling it right now. All right. I got one more question for you. Um, let's talk about this from a practical standpoint for lawyers who may be listening. New practice areas sounds great. But how do you even discover a new practice area that you want to work in? How do you find that niche? And then how do you sell out? to make it happen? Because I think it's tough for a lot of lawyers when they start thinking about niche practices, because the first thing they're going to think about is, well, I may be leaving other work behind and I'm afraid to do that. So what are your thoughts on that? So I think that there's a couple of things. In my presentation, we talked about the four lenses that you can use. You know, the first thing, if you're starting from scratch and you're not sure where to look, we use the lift and shift method, which is, you know, a fancy designer way of saying, Steal. There you go. Uh, but in reality, it's, hey, look at what other lawyers are doing. And if you're listening to this podcast, you or somebody who loves tech show um, or legal technology conferences, then you are already brushing up against people who are doing innovative things like Aaron Levine at Hello Divorce um, or Bahar Ansari at Second Law. So you are already in that ethos. Look at what they're doing. It's likely that you can pull from their models and apply your expertise to it. I think that there's also this notion of, you know, it's good to be good at technology. It's better to be curious about technology because anybody good, any, you know, people always love to say, oh, Aaron, you love technology. And it's like, no, man, I just know how YouTube works. <laughs> like tools are so sophisticated now they're made for, you know, anybody can learn them if you're curious enough to go out and try to do it. And so that is, you know, the other part of this is you have expertise as a lawyer. You already know what problems or have good insights about what problems people have. What you don't know is how could you use an uh, online course platform like Kajabi to create some kind of experience for your client that doesn't include bespoke attorney services, but rather, you know, the same advice that you give to all of your clients anyway. What if you could create an online experience and now therefore scale your services, offer them to more people um, and expand your reach? So I think um, you said something else that I do want to mention. You said like, well, what about niching down? And this is uh, pulling from Stanley's presentation that he, he just said it so well. He offers limited scope. You know, figure out, be smart and strategic about it. Don't always get pulled away from what might be on the, on the horizon or what you might be saying no to. Think about what is the most simple way you can solve problems for the greatest amount of people uh, in a very clear, systemizable way, right? Like pull away from, so when, you know, niche down, I do DUI defense. So it's very niche. It is very labor intensive. It is very intellectual. It's very trial heavy. There's all, it's so seriously litigated. People don't always know that. That's not like a simple niche down kind of moment. I think when we think about these services and what Ed was talking about is, 
maybe there are smaller bites here where we can use our expertise to bite off smaller problems and deliver solutions at scale. And that is something that we should start thinking about as opposed to these traditional lengthy um, and very involved relationships with clients where we're trying to solve huge global problems. Why don't we look at the access to justice space and see how much of an untapped market we have there. There are so many people needing these legal solutions that really could be offered using automation and technology at $50 a head, you know, $100 a head. Erin Levine reduced the average price of a divorce in California is $27,000. If you're on her platform, it's $1,500. There are opportunities in the law, so much low-hanging fruit that this is just the beginning. But Ed and Jack's warning is, yeah, we're in this great space, uh, but not for long. So if you're not willing to pivot, if you're not willing to think about these things differently, Netflix is, you know, going to be right at your heels. And so beware if you aren't ready to embrace this and aren't ready to look forward. Um, One of the things Ed kept on saying is like, skate to where the puck is going to be. Don't stop skating to where the puck, you know, is. And I think 2020 has been a lot of attorneys skating to where the puck is, But don't lose sight of the fact that the puck is still moving and is in an accelerated fashion because the expectations of consumers based on their experience in the pandemic is different. We expect people and professional services to show up differently in the world than they did 12 months ago. So get ready and be ready. Um, It's exciting, but it's also, I think it is dangerous for a lot of people who just, you know, want to stick their head in the sand and hope that things go back to quote unquote normal. Well said. Now, while everyone else waits for Ed and Jack, the Hidden Brain episode one to come out on Netflix, we've reached the end of the On the Road podcast, this episode at least. So I want to thank our guest. That was Aaron Gerstenzang. I did it again. How did I do? That was good, right? For joining us today. Aaron, thanks for coming on. You're amazing. Thanks so much for having me. This was really fun. Thanks for giving us just a little taste of the presentation you had today. And thank you listeners for tuning in. If you like what you heard, please rate and leave us a review on your favorite podcasting app. We'll see you next time for another episode of On the Road with Legal Talk Network, but maybe not with Jared Korea. If you'd like more information about what you've heard today, please visit LegalTalkNetwork.com. Subscribe via iTunes and RSS. Find us on Twitter and Facebook or download our free Legal Talk Network app in Google Play and iTunes. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer.